Hi, welcome to the Moments That Matter podcast. This is your host, Laura Escamilla, and I am joined by, of course, our producer, my husband. Hi. Isaac Escamilla. And our guest today is Ernesto Gonzalez. We've known him a long time, so we call him Ernie. And he works for our Region Education Service Center. We call it Region 1 here in our area. And he is a specialist who works with our area high schools, especially at-risk students in those high schools, preparing them for college. So today we welcome him with us to talk a little bit about the programs that he is working on and provide some guidance for everyone out there if you find your students are in this situation where they just need a little support and a little help. So Ernie, will you tell us a little bit about your work and the programs that you're doing? Of course, Ernie actually sounds a lot better when you said Ernesto. I feel like I'm in <laughs> trouble here. So the Region 1, I'm a STEM specialist with their Garup grant. We actually have three grants at Region 1 that work with high school students. So our grant has followed students from their seventh grade year to this year, which is their senior year. And then it'll follow them one more year after this. All the students that we work with are seniors. There's about 18 high schools, about 5,200 students. Mm-hmm. The grant specifically is written for first-gen, low socioeconomic students, helping them, encouraging them, giving them all the support and tools they need to not only get through high school, but advance past high school and be successful. Right. Now, not all students are first-gen, not all students are low socioeconomic, because we just get the cohorts from each high school. Mm -hmm. But that's specifically what the grant was written for, but we do work with all the students. So... Really majority at risk, only at risk because there is no one ahead of them who can guide them through the process because they're first generation and low socioeconomic. So just working out how to afford going to college or getting to the next level, whatever that is, just that guidance is really what Correct. What we I need wouldn't to do. necessarily call it at risk. Um, when you say at risk, to me, that has a different kind of negative yeah. connotation. So no, they're just first gen. The reason I love doing what I'm doing also is because I was first gen. Mm-hmm. So growing up and we all grew up together. We have a very yeah, so intertwined yeah. and shared Yeah, experience. all of us shared a lot of the same experiences. And my dad taught me the value of working hard and what mm-hmm. it means to be a hard worker, what it means to be a man. But being a professional, going to college, all he could tell me was, look, if you don't want to do this, what I'm doing, go to school. But right. what that entailed, what that meant yeah what that meant preparing for it applications there was none of that right so from there you're a step behind those that do have that opportunity right so that's where the grant steps in the gear up grant and that's where we help the schools the students the parents so for example this year we kicked off the year we already had a event for our teachers the educators are working with our students mm-hmm. providing them pd providing them training different things to help them prepare and start off the year. We also had a parent event where the parents came in and we worked with them, talked to them about college applications, financial aid, FAFSA. It's a new FAFSA this mm-hmm. year as well for our students. And that's a whole nother. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. We just had an event for our male students. Right. Which is them. where this stemmed from and doing this podcast. Isaac was one of the speakers at your TIES event, which was geared towards male students in Correct. your program. And Isaac, you want to tell us a little bit about Absolutely. what that was? First of all, I would like, Ernie, if you can let everybody know for the benefit of the audience, what is TIES and what, what is the event that took place? So TIES is an event that was started at Region 1 
while back, I believe Lee, which is Lee, which is one of the other directors and a couple other people started the event and it's about bringing in young men and bringing in mentors from the community and then bring them together. So the young men have an opportunity to network, to meet, to see people in the community that are working, that are in those fields. Like I said, we really didn't have those examples growing up as far as what is it to be a professional? What is it to work in a certain field? Mm -hmm. That guidance. So the whole idea behind this is bringing them in from the community and then creating that, that mentorship. That connection. That connection with our students so our students can see what does it mean to be a professional? What does like it mean to work in a certain field? So if they are interested in certain fields, they can hear about it and then, hey, you know what, that's something I want to go into or, hey, maybe that's not. or So they can start seeing that. So that was the whole idea behind Ties Together in Education for Success is just making that connection with the young man and the professional males in the community and providing that mentorship guidance. Well, I was very honored to be asked to attend the event and I, I uh, had a really good time. I, I think that was the catalyst for this episode, really. So when I was out there and my colleague, Alfonso Mendoza, also very similar background to ours, also from yeah. the same hometown that we come from. These young men reminded me so much of myself as I sat there and I watched them interact with each other before I got started. And just to set the scene for you, so I have a, a little classroom, so to speak, right, with glass doors, and there's about 30 young men in there. And you get 30 guys together, and it can go one of two ways, right? It can be riveting, or it can go off the rails pretty quick, because I was the kid that helped things get off the rails at their age, right? You? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So I sat there, and I listened to them speak to each other, and I got a feel for who they are and whatnot. So I put on lo-fi music in the background when I'm presenting and when I'm setting up. Sometimes I leave it on the entire time because I think it helps set the mood for myself. Maybe it's my ADHD, or maybe it is useful to calm things down. But I saw them interact, and I spoke with them, and they were telling me what their stories are, and they're seniors. So during this podcast, we've emphasized and we've told everybody that the junior year is paramount. The junior year is so important. And these kids are seniors. And I applied for college as a senior. I was behind. Yeah, and I, I think we all were because we, we didn't, didn't know, know any better. better. I didn't know yeah. any better. I didn't have anybody exactly. to tell yeah. me. I think my parents even thought like, oh, senior year is fine. You, you will graduate. And I'm, that was a terrible impersonation of a parent. But their senior <laughs> year was when we applied for all these colleges. And uh, we had our good friend, Michael, who got into college. It seemingly to me very early and it wasn't, it was, you know, when you're supposed to, you're supposed to, and he got into Texas and he was great and he was feeling great. And we were so proud and happy for him. And he's a doctor now, you know, Dr. Hinojosa. Hinojosa. That's, a, that's incredible and amazing. And, and that's still Mikey to us. Well, so could be just Mikey. <laughs> but, you know, at the time as a senior, I had no guidance and I thought he was ahead of the curve. I was like, man, this guy's like so far. He was just right on time. And I was so far behind. So when these guys were all telling me that they're all seniors, I didn't know this going in. I should have asked, but they're all seniors and they were talking about the different things they wanted it to do. It was in the email. Um, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I skimmed it. I skimmed the email, but I just wanted to share with them and I didn't get to get in depth with them about options that you may have. So just a little refresher background on, for those that may not know me, probably a lot of people out there. My background was uh, Edinburgh North High School and I applied only to UTSA right after that. I was going to live with my girlfriend now <clears throat> wife's brother and I got my financial aid package for UTSA and I was ready to go and my father and uncle convinced me not to go anywhere and that stay here in the valley and I'll buy you a car so what I did for an entire semester is absolutely nothing nothing I rented Mortal Kombat every three days 
from the local Showtime video. And I was there with my friends, Freddie, Andy, and Shaq. And I did nothing for an entire semester. And what a waste that Not was. Not nothing. Yeah. You came to my band practices every day after school. I felt hopeless. <laughs> I felt a little lost. I felt like I was very much behind. Yeah. I felt like our friends, Aaron, Michael, and a bulk of our friends had already had their act together and that I wouldn't be able to catch up. So when I applied to UTPA at the time, I also still felt a little behind, a little lost. I felt like our friends were out there succeeding and doing things that I was fully capable of doing, but, and, and not to diminish UTPA in any way, but I, I felt that their experiences as they'd share them with us were so different than what I was experiencing here. And I felt like I needed to experience some of that. And I didn't think there was a path to that. And there was. So I left UTPA and I went to ACC for a little while and I got my grades up and I was going to transfer to Texas, but I didn't get into Texas because Texas closed transfer admissions and I didn't have anything special to bring. I wasn't an athlete. Nope. And I was a musician and I didn't want to play music anymore. So I felt a little lost again, like I'd kind of done this for nothing. I'm stuck at ACC. I'm here in Austin. I'm scraping by and I have no path. So I applied to Southwest Texas, now Texas State. And I got in and that gave me some guidance and it gave me something to stand on. I felt solid. I felt like that was progressing in my life. And from there I did great. And then I came back to UTPA at the time. Still, I got to get that straight in my head. Yeah. Finished my undergraduate degree, went on years later to finish my graduate degree through Texas A&M Kingsville. And I have had a couple of great positions as a result of those postgraduate years that have provided me a very well-rounded and a very rewarding experience in education. So there was a path. And yeah, and that's exactly, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to- No, not at all. And please um, jump in at any time. But that's exactly what interests me when putting together the TIES event. Our team, we have a small team, part of our grant, and I'm the only male. So of course, the TIES event, which is for males, was given to me to put together for our grant. So in putting this together, that's one of the things that I had in mind and one of the focuses I wanted was bringing in that guidance. To me, that was a great idea because we didn't have that guidance as far as, hey, if you want to do this, this is a route you should do. You should start mm -hmm. doing this and this, or if you want to do that, this is what you should be doing right now. So to me, that was a great idea, bringing in these professionals like yourself, bringing in other people to speak to these students. Plus at the same time, like you said, you didn't have a straight line. I a lot not. of us don't have, didn't take right. a straight and, line. Straight and Ernie, route. why don't you share that? Because I think it's beneficial for yourself. You got into University of Texas straight out of high school and you went for a year, two years. Yeah, a year, about and, a year, a year and a half. And you, and I, you couldn't continue and not because you didn't do well, but it was financially probably. Well, um, it was a little Because mean. you had Isaac as a friend and he's not the best. Yeah, um, not, not the best influence, no. But, no. <laughs> but, but then you joined the military. You're welcome. <laughs> Just trying to live, figure it out. Make, yeah, figure it out and decided that Austin was way too expensive, moved home. I was home for about a year, realized that I was still not mature and I was still doing the same stuff, except I was doing it here at home. Mm -hmm. And I looked at myself and said, you know what? This is not working. Gotta do something. So what did I do? I joined the Marine Corps. I went off and that was actually probably one of the best decisions I ever made. It gave me time to mature. I got to see the world. Learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about handling stress, learned different things, leadership, qualities, then came back, took full advantage of GI Bill, got my bachelor's, got my master's, got into teaching, education. 
So it wasn't like we were saying, it wasn't a straight line. And it isn't for a lot of us, I think, from our area. I know it's probably more prominent now with our kids and the community we live in. But I still think for a majority of kids, it is not a straight path. There's obstacles all the way. And for myself, since we're all sharing, I did go, I stayed at UTPA for a year, right out of high school. Same thing. My parents didn't want me to leave. And I don't know if I'm considered first generation. At the time I left to college, my older brother was in college and my parents did not have degrees. But by the time I got my degree, my mom had gotten an online degree. But it was very late in her life and her career. She didn't leave right after high school and get a degree. But obviously, I commend her for that because, again, for I don't think for any of us, it was a straight path. For her, it was a career decision. You want to advance. You have to have a degree. And that was what she always instilled in me. Just because you have an obstacle doesn't mean that you can't continue and you can't do it, right? Which is all of us, right? Exactly. Like you, you have a sidetrack. And that's one of the things that I like about what I'm doing mm-hmm. now is that we help students and the grant helps students not only matriculate to college, mm-hmm. but hopefully finish in in the time that they're supposed to finish. Right. I mean, everybody has their own path, but... Um, 10 years for me. Yeah, I'm right there. <laughs> uh, but one of the biggest things here in the Valley, for some reason, is we do have a high matriculation rate where they do go to college. They do move on after mm-hmm. high school. But we also have one of the lowest rates of students actually completing graduation and graduating from college. So that's one of the things that we're trying to help with by providing schools with resources, teachers, the parents, the students. Not only are they matriculating to college and going to college, but hopefully they're completing college and then doing something with the TIES event. We showed them these different fields, these different professionals, but we also had military there. The classroom isn't always for everybody. And mm-hmm. not right away. I know for sure my best probably would have been going to the military first. But do I regret what? No, because that makes us who we are, right? That's part of our story. That's mm-hmm. the part we learned a lot yeah. about ourselves. As far as maturity-wise, I wasn't ready to be where I was. And mm-hmm. some of our students are not. And some of them are ahead of the game. They already know what they want to do. They know mm-hmm. that, hey, I'm not ready for the classroom, but I want to go to the military. So we even had military there at TICE. There There's people from the Marine Corps, Texas National Guard. We have professionals. So... There's different avenues. It's not always the four-year university. There's other schools. There's trade schools. The trades are needed everywhere. Definitely. And it, they're well-paying jobs as well. Great yeah. way to make a living. Yeah, and people often, for some reason, want to overlook them. They should not. They should not. They're mm-hmm. there to help our students out as well. Definitely. Right. And professionally, just a little background, working as a scholarship provider, working for a nonprofit, Early on, I've been with Star Scholarship Fund for over 18 years, but early on, we administered Region 1's scholarship for these Europe students to go to college through UTRGV or UTPA at the time. But yeah, that rate of students that when we started administering the funds, we only administered the funds. We didn't select the students. They were Europe students. But the number of students every year got to be less and less. They were dropping out and we would call and find out, are they going to continue? You're not enrolled and said, oh, I'm taking a semester off. And those things, a semester turns into a year, two years, and these things just happen. And there was, I wouldn't say it was a majority, but the percentage was too high to be comfortable with that these kids weren't finished. When they had the support, they had the financial support. This was an adequate scholarship to help them get through college. And I find that too, as we go every year, we select scholarship recipients. We verify the enrollment in fall, 
typically no issues in spring. We verify enrollment and GPA and we lose a lot of kids. That's hard to deal with as a provider, as somebody in my situation who not only this is my job, but personally, I feel very passionate about the need to complete this. And I get that college is not for everybody, but there is a path. There is something to do, you know, that there is going to a community college to have a trade, right? There's our our community colleges and we have a partnership with TSDC. They have tons of certifications and a lot of different programs that doesn't need to be a full four-year degree, but there's a lot of avenues for these kids. And I think that was one of the things that Isaac expressed that he wished he could give. I'm sure your program is telling these kids, but there's other ways. Right. I wanted to elaborate on some things that I've heard of that I haven't done personally, but I know that some students, they couldn't get into Texas A&M. Let's say that's their dream school. They want to go to Texas A&M. They want to be an Aggie. Well, you can go to Blinn College College, and there's some work you can do there. And then you can, if you work hard enough, I guess, and if you're lucky enough to get selected, then you can transfer into Texas A&M. Then you can go to that dream school that you ever wanted to. You know, SDC, yeah. South Texas College here in the McAllen or the Valley area, they have a program where you can transfer to Baylor if or you UT do well. Aaron, I got to. Yes. He ended up going to UTSA for a year and then transferred into UT. UT. Mm-hmm. And that's very possible. But that's one of the things that we're doing in the grant is trying to give the knowledge. Because lots of right. times students don't have this knowledge. Mm-hmm. Just provide the students and the parents with that knowledge that, hey, this is what's available and hopefully trying to help them put them in the best position to succeed. Also coming from the classroom, working at a dual enrollment campus, I thought that was totally great because I'm still kind of in the air about dual enrollment for different reasons, Uh, whether, for example, for my daughter, I don't know if I want to put that stress on her of having her be a high school student, but taking college classes. So now she has Mm -hmm. to be a college student and still do all the extracurricular. You know your student. Yeah. You got to know the student. I think it's not for all students, but if the student's ready and they're willing to do it and coming from a dual enrollment campus, I thought it was awesome because those students were being prepared. And that's one of the things when they would come back, they were like, hey, sir. I was like, hey, how's it going? Or, you know, what did it help? And they're like, hey, we knew what a syllabus was. We knew how to use Blackboard. Lots of times it's not that the students are not succeeding. It's just that they're starting behind everybody else because they don't know what's available to them. So, for example, a lot of campuses have touring centers, have writing centers, and students are getting there and they have no idea. So they're struggling. The help's there, but they don't know how to get that help. Mm-hmm. Accessibility. Yeah, the accessibility to it. So that's one of the things that through Gear Up and the grant, taking these students on college campuses, college tours, showing them what's available, having them speak to people and being effective about it and conscious, doing it with a purpose that when you take them there, this is what you want to show them, make this available to them. So when they get there, they know what is available. And it's just going to put them in a better position to mm-hmm. succeed. That's fantastic. Right. And now your gear up program, I know that this is geared toward those students that are part of the program, but do you have any of these resources available on the gear up website with some information or just to point them in the right direction about um, where the, to go for some of these programs or things that are available? So to them? for the program, a big part of the program is also sustainability. Okay. Okay. So we're directly responsible for helping the gear up students. That's yes. what the whole, that's all our funding goes to helping the students in our cohort. Yes, indeed. But a big part of it is sustainability. So when the students leave, one of the big questions is what was left behind? So we encourage our facilitators in our campuses, you know, they start programs and we help them start programs where we help them do things with the intent or the idea that that information or that knowledge is turned around and, and it stays there and it grows and it 
Passed only, on. Yes, pass on. Not only does it help the gear up students, but it helps everybody there. Okay. And for the probably the better part of 15 years already for Star Scholarship Fund, I, I work with Region 1 a lot and the Gear Up program and present to students and parents on scholarships and financial aid. And it is very moving, I guess, to see these parents sitting there and trying to understand and trying to learn because it's a lot of information to retain, yeah. a lot to learn about financial aid, a lot to learn about scholarships and how to help their kids. So it's very rewarding to see that there's so many parents that are active and want this for their kids, but it, it is overwhelming. And that is part of the reason we're doing this podcast, because I more than not run into more parents that are overwhelmed by the process. So when you add their low income, and it's hard enough for a middle class family like ourselves to get through the process. And then when you're low income, and you really don't know what avenues you have, that's hard that they yeah. They don't realize how many schools out of the 22 universities that we work with that are for undergrads, eight offer tuition assistance programs where if they make below a certain income level, they can get everything covered. And I don't know that they know this, that this is information that has to be shared for them because there is a path. And I've talked to a lot of students say, oh, my parents don't have money. I can't go to college. But there are so many programs. There are so many avenues oh, yeah, to help with this. That's the thing is that. Europe's not reinventing the wheel. Right. Right? We're connecting and sharing the knowledge with the parents to make sure that the parents and the students are connected to that knowledge. Yes. So, for example, College Board. College Board has a lot of tools out there that can be used to help guide a student through the college process, application, FAFSA, everything. And there's a bunch of other resources out there. So all we're doing is showing the parents, hey, these resources are there. We're not, we're not creating these resources lots of times. Right. We're pointing them in the right direction. Yeah, we're just pointing them in the right direction and let them know, hey, this is out there, this is out there, mm -hmm. this is out there. It'll help guide you. It'll help give you the resources that you need. We'll bring people in to talk to them. And a lot of these students, they're a part of the Gear Up grant. They have siblings as well. So the parents are already getting that knowledge, and hopefully those parents can pass that knowledge and mm -hmm. use that knowledge as well. So like I said, we're not creating a lot of these resources. They're there. We're just helping them. We're just helping parents bind them. Bind them. Because, yeah, utilize and, them. Exactly. And that's the same thing we're doing here is just sharing the resources out there because to search for, for where even to begin, if you just Google how to go to college, the amount of information that's going to be thrown at you. And sometimes there's websites that want you to pay and they're yeah. not legitimate and you kind of get discouraged on who and to really trust and, and what information to take. Help. There's and a there's lot of free help out there. Most of the help yeah, is most, free. Exactly. And there are a lot of independent education consultants that get hired and they do cost a good amount of money, but those are really geared towards families who can afford to do that. And that's not available to majority of the world, I think, or majority yeah. of parents and students. I have a passion to do that and why I really enjoy doing the Region 1 presentations because I get to share the information that I have for free to these students. And always after presentations, parents come up or students come up and like, what about this? And what about this? And I love that. I love that they're, oh, yeah. Yeah. that it's an avenue to connect to people I would never have spoken to because I only deal with college students through my daily job. So I and love like that, like that avenue. Been saying it, a lot of it is just the education, educating the parents, educating the students, because that help is out there. The mm -hmm. resources are out there, but they don't, we didn't know. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't know that they were out there. They're and, out there. And even just this ties program, speaking to somebody like Isaac, who is by all accounts successful now, but his journey to get there oh, yeah. 
was not. And a lot of, I'm sure, the people that you went to have them go speak, their journey was not a straight line. We had all kinds of people there. They're seeing that they came from the same place. They Mm -hmm. grew up the same way. And they're there. They're doing what they're doing, which means that hopefully the students can see that and say, we can do the same thing. Right. Because he has the same background as I did. He grew up the same Mm -hmm. way. And I thought that was pretty interesting that one of the students did say, we have a survey that they did at the end. And one of the comments was, it was very good seeing that people are doing what they're doing and they started like us. Right. And that makes us think that we can do it too. Right. Right. Which I thought was the whole purpose of this. And that's fantastic. Yeah. So that was awesome. I'll tell you, that happens to adults too. The instructional software specialist, the job that I, the role that I had prior to the one that I'm in now, I was inspired by it because I saw somebody come, we invited somebody over to do it. They trained us on XYZ. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I sat there and, and I realized that, and I'm not, it's not a dig on anybody, but I, I thought to myself, this looks like a lot of fun. I think I can do this. I think I do this a little better. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, so I went to school for it and I did, and then I got a fun, fantastic opportunity at work to do that. And it was a very incredibly enjoyable experience. I learned a lot about curriculum and instruction in real life and it really helped me. And to me, that's what was awesome also, but not only seeing what I saw with the students, but seeing what I saw from the presenters. Because the presenters were more than willing, like yourself. Honestly, I was intimidated. I was scared to reach out to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and ask them. But it became so easy because as soon as I told them what it was for, everybody was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. And seeing these presenters come in, spend their time giving back to their community, giving back to these students, and then trying to help these students succeed and do well in whatever field they go into. Mm -hmm was awesome to see how everybody just came back, was willing to get back to your community, just like you were and all the other presenters. So that was awesome. I'm glad it was such a success. Just sharing your story, right, can have such an impact on somebody else. And I think that that's really hard. People don't want to, a lot of times they don't want to share, they think, or they're embarrassed about their path or embarrassed about their background. But like you said, there's no regrets, even on my case, because it made me who I am. And I did not picture when I was 18 and went to college that I wanted to be director of a nonprofit. Like, I didn't even know what a nonprofit was, right? Just our path. My path took me here. And I'm so glad that it did. But I think we're all like that. I don't think you went to school to be an educator. That's not what your intention was. But or neither did Isaac. I think Isaac went to be a band director. At I was going to be a band director. I walked into that band <laughs> but, hall at um, Southwest Texas. Because we had a great band director who influenced. Harry Dornbush. Uh, and influenced our lives. Great man. Um, And as anybody listening can probably tell, we've known each other a very, very long time. But I have no problem. I am not embarrassed at all to share my story because it can help somebody because somebody can get to a roadblock and say, you know what, but it's still possible to get past this roadblock. Yes, maybe I have to take a year off. Yes, maybe I have to work also, or maybe this, but you can still finish. You can still do it. Or the students who graduate and realize that they don't want to do what they got their degree in, that there's still another way. Through teaching and coaching, I realized that one of the best ways that I found was more effective in reaching students and talking to students and students out of my classroom and even students, those students that other teachers will label the troubled students, mm-hmm. I usually had no problems with. And one of the reasons I think that I was able to connect with a lot of students is I had no problem making fun of myself, cracking jokes or talk or telling them about, hey, this is what I did. This is what I've been mm-hmm. through. It wasn't a straight line. I messed up here. I messed up there. 
and admitting. And when I think when the students hear that you're genuine and they know that, hey, you messed up too, it happens. I think that allows you to connect with them a little better right. than, and once you make those connections with those, with students, basically you, they'll listen a lot more. They'll, right. They're willing to, you know what? They might agree with the message you're giving them, but they're willing to give lend an ear chance, and right. give you a chance because they know you're being genuine and I'm not doing it to pick on them. I'm not doing it. If I'm correcting them, if I'm telling them something, it's because they know it's because I care. Right. And, right. And we have the same oh. philosophy and I, with our kids. And I think your, your daughter's younger, way younger than our kids. And when we were talking about parenting, that is the one thing I told you, just be honest, because that I think is the most beneficial thing. The best thing we did for our kids was we've always been honest about our path and our mistakes and the things we never tried to pretend we were perfect or I never did this or never did that. And it's like, no, I'm telling you this because we did it and it did not go well. Being honest, just being honest with your kids and any youth, because that's the best way to get through, because you're not coming from a place above them talking down to them. You're coming from a place of, I went through this and I know exactly where you're at and how you feel. And I got past it so you can get past it kind of thing. And I think that that is the best form of getting through to, oh, yeah. to students. When and, I first started teaching, one, I think one of the best pieces of advice I was given was that just be yourself. And if you're not, Students are going to see it. Right. Students can tell when you're not genuine. Students mm -hmm. can tell. They'll know. Mm -hmm. So the best thing is just be yourself, be genuine, talk about it. And one of the discussions I've had, I've had this with my nieces and my nephew, and they'll say, I'm never going to use math. Because, you know, as a teacher, they're like, why are we doing this? This is so dumb. And, and I try to explain to them the whole purpose of high school. Yeah, you're probably not going to use math to that extent. You're not going to have to find the cosine of whatever as an adult mm -hmm. most of the time unless that's your job for some reason, but you're not going to need this. But what you are going to need are the thinking skills, the learning skills. So as a teacher, as an educator, is showing students how to think for themselves, how to advocate for themselves, showing them these were the mistakes that have been made, learn from it. And those other skills, they are important. It is important to know how to add. It's important to know how to read. That's extremely important. But I think it's those other skills that that's, the focus of what students should be getting. The critical thinking. Yeah, the critical then. thinking. And I don't know. Have you ever tried to hang a painting? You need that, those diameters <laughs> <laughs> and median. I have math is very critical in my daily life. Well, what this critical thinking provides is a <laughs> schema to tackle problems that don't exist yet. Larger problems that are far beyond anything that they've done before. I, and I say to people all the time, even in my new role in my old role, I, every day I do something I've never done before. And the reason I can do things that I've never done before and the reason I can do hard things is because I have some kind of schema for it. Like, well, I've done something similar to this before. I'll just take this from here and take that from there and I'll right. figure it out. I will yeah. figure it out. And, and another message even to parents, which is also the podcast that we're sharing our story and our lives and our, the people that come on to share their stories is that even as a parent, you're not going to do everything 100% right. correct all the time either. You're going to make mistakes too. We all make mistakes and it's okay. But this is how we guide our kids through it. Maybe you didn't know that your kids had to start their junior year trying to prepare for colleges and you're here in your senior year and you feel like you've failed them or you didn't know. And but there is always a path forward. So there. let's continue that talk of the path, these paths. So I, I look looking down on, on your show notes here and <laughs> I see these resources, Texas A&M, Texas Tech. Can we put these on our website? 
for sure. And and, mm-hmm. and give parents a place to go from the what right. is the so website again? Just for the momentsmatterpod.com. Say that again. Momentsmatterpod.com. Okay, so on the notes for this show, we will put in there this resources, this essentially different paths and different programs that are available to students. So Right. So what I did is I printed out um, some research I had done with our partner universities for tuition assistance programs and the school's guidelines for their income and what they have to meet to get free tuition, essentially, at that school and free resources. And that's important for our organization because we were trying to figure out our scholarship and where that falls in line with that. And that's information that I stay up to date on all the time, the financial aid side. So I know that there are resources out there for these kids. And there's, like you said, a lot of people willing to help and give it and, you know, and just guiding them. But yes, definitely. There's amazing universities in our state, five miles down the road that have resources to help these kids get through school and get started. And that's extremely important. Because lots of times, like we've been saying throughout this whole show or podcast is that the big obstacle lots of times is just knowing that they exist. The STARS network, which is a combination of universities, they're, I guess, highly selective universities. Mm-hmm. It was MIT, University of Chicago, Yale, Cal Poly. There's quite a few different universities. Okay. They've gotten together. They're making a focus on reaching students in rural areas. So we brought them down to speak to our students. So they spoke in Bronzeville. We had one day over there, one day at Region 1, and then they went to Laredo and spoke over there. So pretty much throughout the valley, Mm -hmm. we brought them down. And that's one of the things they were saying. There's a lot of help. There's a lot of resources out there. And our parents don't know. Our students don't know. So it's just getting our parents, getting our students to those resources and letting them know that they exist to help. That they're there to help our students and help the students pay financially. The financial burden put on a lot of people through school is huge. And that's what stops a lot of students mm-hmm. lots of times or from continuing. So if we can help with that. That's great. And I think that's a big thing is just directing them in the right direction for those. Thank you. That's an interesting cohort and that's right. an interesting partnership that they have there. I didn't know about that. Yeah. yeah. And that's also understanding that once they're on campus and they do get in and they get there, like you were mentioning, there's a lot of resources there because the school, it benefits nobody for them to fail. The yeah, school right. wants them to succeed. That's why they're there. So they offer tutoring and a lot of different resources for them to succeed when they're there. And even the campus tours in which you're talking about, giving them that information is so important too, because Every school has resources. Yeah. I don't think, I can't even think of one school that doesn't offer some, a resource for that yeah, because yeah. it benefits nobody exactly. to have them fail. So this reminds me very much of the podcast that we did with um, the Division One athlete parents mm-hmm. with uh, Audrey and with Rochelle. So one of the comments that Audrey made was that if she had known that JUCO was going to be a route where her son would find success, they would have explored it a little more. And that reminds me of this. This is different paths. Don't be afraid of your community college. Don't be afraid to explore Blinn or STC or any other community college, ACC in Austin, that probably has some partnership or a path to that dream school that you want to go to, right? To that place. And and I think that's where I've been lucky in doing. I'm in the middle of my second year there at Region 1. And I think that's where I got lucky in this position and being able to do what I do. Because through the Gear Up Grant, we've been able to help a lot of students and not only the students, the parents. Lots of times it's the parents, especially for some reason in 
part of, I guess, our culture. A lot of our parents don't want to let the students go mm -hmm. because they don't know what's out there. And so... Fear of the unknown. Yeah. And for example, last year we took a group of students and parents. We took about, I don't want to say 20 students and they all brought a guardian or somebody with them. We took them on a Midwest college tour during spring break. So we went to Ohio State, University of Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Northwestern University of Chicago. So we took the students with the parent. And on that trip, there was a couple of parents who at first are like, oh, this is too far. But then once he spoke with some of the campus representatives, spoke with, saw the campus itself, saw what each campus offered. So a lot of these campuses offer organizations to help the students feel more at home. They have different organizations. They have different clubs. They have mm -hmm. access to different things. Acclimation. To help the student acclimate to the campus, to the environment. And to make sure to help the students succeed, like you said, nobody wants anybody to fail. They bring it on their campus. They want you to succeed, but you're going to make them look good as well. Mm -hmm. Your success is their success. Exactly. Yeah. Then once the parents started seeing that, you know, it wouldn't be too bad if you came here. It's, it's really far. They were still kind of like, it's mm -hmm. a little far, but they were opening up their mind a little more to letting their child leave and attend a campus outside the Valley, outside UTRGV or STC. Or Texas in general, which is... yeah. Enormous. And some of them were still, okay, maybe not outside of Texas, but if you want to go to A&M or you want to go to Tech mm -hmm. or something, just away from the Valley, seeing that, okay, these it's, universities. It's a, it's a bit of a, a compromise than yeah, leaving the state. Exactly. But just allowing the parents to see that and that knowledge, I think that's one of the big things that we're doing is we're helping parents know what's out there, connecting them to what's out there, bringing that knowledge to them. And that's definitely amazing work, especially that you're doing it at no cost to them. That's the hardest part because they would never on their own be able to provide those resources to their kids um, and wouldn't even know where to start, how to make right. those appointments and how to yeah. get that just to get a campus tour scheduled is a challenge. Yeah, and that's the whole idea about the grant, working with the grant is just working with the students. And a lot of that is, like we were saying earlier, with ties is showing those students what's out there and taking them out of their comfort zone and showing them that these are possibilities. And like you said, seeing stuff, I can do that. Fantastic you know, detail. He's, he's, and, and I appreciate that. And it is just so useful and very helpful for these students. But the fact that you gave them all ties oh. was really, really, really great. And I, I apologize for not actually wearing a tie. It was very hot that day. Oh, no. I was <laughs> with my suit. It was at an athletic center. Since the place is brand new, Kiskia, they were an awesome partner. They were great. Yeah, it looked good. It felt good. And thank you to the facility for providing yeah. that for those yeah, students. That's where, yeah, the facility the facility was great. Clearly, um, we were very impressed by the facility. I, yeah. I felt the same way yeah. about it. They helped us. Like I said, they're brand new. But the tie, I, I knew it was going to be hot. I knew it was going to be humid. <laughs> Even though we're September, we're in the valley, right? Yeah, no big deal. So, but no, we did give the kids a tie. And the tie is a representation of the professional male. Anytime that's growing up or anytime you think of a professional, you know, the person's wearing a suit and tie. Mm -hmm. So it kind of becomes symbolic. Now, do all fields require a tie? Of course not. Of course, not all professionals But need there a tie. will be an occasion for it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. There will, be, Absolutely. there will be an occasion for it. So that was the whole symbolic nature behind it. We still had the little tie ceremony. A lot of students actually, surprisingly, I thought we were going to do it, show them how to tie it. Okay, take a picture, put it away. Okay. Actually, a lot of students kept it on for the rest of the day, which I thought was pretty cool. Most of the kids in the sessions that I did had them on. Yeah, I thought that was really good. And I, I thought they did that on their own. I said, man, you guys are great. I didn't even wear my own tie and you guys brought your own ties. They look great. And they said, no, they give them to us, sir. I said, oh, that's fantastic, man. Yeah, we gave them, we gave them a bag with a notepad so they could take notes, yeah. a pen, 
a water bottle because they were going to need a water bottle throughout the day. So, because they had different water stations, mm-hmm. so they can stay hydrated. Tend to their needs. Fantastic. Yeah. And then we also threw a tie in all their bags. Very cool. So, Very cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming and speaking to us about the programs that you're working with and just a way to guide parents and students. It's yeah. never too late. And there's always a way and there's always a path forward if they want it. What we try to teach our kids, all of us, is if you're willing to work for it, you can get anywhere, right? And- exactly. And thank you. Thank you for having me here. I really enjoyed it. Anytime, just talking to friends is always fun. It always yeah. is. We should do another one later. Yeah, <laughs> about other <laughs> things. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Mm-hmm.